episode 64 of Daughters on Fire with Robin Arab and Melissa Burton. In this week's episode, Robin and I are talking about how to ask for help. Yes, it can be difficult, but we're going to give you strategic ways to think about it and some tips on how to ask for help. So stay tuned as we dive in into how to ask for help. Are you stressed, burned out, and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent? If you are, this podcast is for you. Here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals, validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing, and most importantly, supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors. You're not alone. Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver. All right, welcome back. We're here again, Robin and Melissa, for another episode. And today we're going to talk about asking for help. Sounds so simple, doesn't it, Robin? (laughs) It it is so simple, not. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to, yeah, just dive into the difficulties, what leads to people not wanting to ask for help or not being able to ask for help and maybe, yeah, strategies around that. So what do you think, Robin? Kick us off. Well, you know, it is hard to ask for help. I think we all have issues. Of course, there's those people who don't have a problem at all, but then we're tired of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, those so, usually aren't the caregivers, are they? <laughs> they are not. They are not. So I want to just talk a little bit about, I understand that it's hard, but it's necessary. And, you know, it goes back to what we talked about last week and, and how we often talk about building your team. But you have to ask for help because you can't do this on your own. So there's little tips that we can do. But one of the things I want to start out with is I have worked recently with a family that they, there is a brother and a sister. The sister was definitely the bossy McBosserson that we talked about in our time management, that she was in control and wrote the list. And, and that was her strength. The brother's strength was obviously not that. So he felt like he was doing nothing and throwing it all to his sister. So he was asking, how do we figure that out? How do we decide who's going to do what or how do we talk about help? So one of the things that I suggested they do, and we've talked about this before, is a Google calendar or some type of shared calendar that they can see what's going on, what needs to be done. And it could be something as simple as the sister ordering the groceries for mom, the brother going and picking up the groceries. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of sitting down as a family or as your team and deciding who has what strengths. What do they do best? And he worked outside. He doesn't sit behind a desk. So it'd be real easy for him on his way home to drive over, pick up the groceries, drop them off. Robin, I had a thought that I want to interject really quick because it just came to me. So do you think that just by sitting down with you and having, being able to listen to both of them and walk them through it and almost mediating and helping them see how one could help in one way versus the other was actually super duper powerful because I'm thinking that would they have ever come to that on their own instead uh, you know were you able to really facilitate that I I think you're right I was able to facilitate that and I don't think they would have because again as we've talked about family roles you typically are stuck in your roles the roles you have as a child are typically the roles you have as an adult unless you are just fabulous over the top and can break those 
um, molds, but yeah, not like on, your, on your own. No. Right. So, <laughs> not much so, is done on your own. Correct. So yes, me pointing out and looking at both of them and saying, what's your strength? What do you want to do? And, and watching their reactions because as myself, the bossy McBosserson, I didn't want to let go of those responsibilities, but it didn't matter to me who picked up the groceries. I mean, that was something I could let go of. Mm -hmm. The other thing we talked about, which I thought was really interesting is um, checking in on mom or if mom had a crisis. So let's say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, was the sisters and and the rest of the week was the brothers. And so if mom calls the sister on Thursday and says, I need you to do da, 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 da. Her response is not to react, not to do whatever mom needs. Great. I'll call my brother. He'll give you a call. Yes. And, and the brother at one point said, well, mom will never remember that. I said, mom doesn't have to be a part of this. She doesn't have to know what's going on behind the scenes. She doesn't have to know I have to call this one this time and this one that time. That's between you and your sister committing to saying, hey, it's your turn. To, it's your day. You call and figure it out. You know what What also helps with that, which um, a family that I worked with implemented was group text. Mm-hmm. That the group text... The request, it may be mom who kind of forgets everybody's on the same text, text, hey, Mary, will you do X, Y, Z? But the brother knows, hey, I can step in and do this. And so he he's like, hey, don't worry about it, mom, I'll get it. And a group text can see, for one, sometimes a group text will show how much mom is asking of one person over the others. Because right. I think some of that is invisible. And it's also invisible that mom isn't asking the other ones as much. And if you're dealing with, um, you know, your mom and you're on this group text and if you're getting into the cognitive impairment issues, then she may not realize who's all on the text. So that's also beneficial because it's just going out to the team. Right. And there it goes what, word again, Robin, the team, the team. So I think also what we don't realize and we as we grow old we we are always we have the habit of always checking in with our parent is this okay can we do it this way this is what our plan is mom doesn't have to be involved in this plan at all this is something that on the boundary side or the not the boundaries on the edges the the outside of the care this is the team talking together mm-hmm. and setting a plan because mom can't understand the plan it doesn't matter how much you try and tell her, she doesn't understand. So if you create the plan, you all implement it and stick to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So play to people's strengths. And we, we've talked about many times about doing what you love and, and handing out the things, handing away the things you don't enjoy, but doing the things you do enjoy. And that makes it much more manageable as, as asking for help. But going back to some of the tips, how often have has somebody come to you and say, let me know what I can do. Yep. And, or they say, what can I do for you? Well, immediately you go blank. You Mm -hmm. know, yesterday you could have thought of 102 things today. You're blank. So what I suggest is as you think of something, the gutter needs to be fixed. The patio needs to be swept. A light bulb needs to be changed. I can't prepare dinner this week. So wonder if you could fix a meal. All those things, as you think of them, write them down mm-hmm. and 
when the next person says, hey, what can I do? Boom, here it is. Because I believe, I believe deep down in my heart when people ask that, they really do want to help. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But when you say, I can't think of a thing, you've left them off the hook. I can just see uh, almost like kids around Halloween that if they were literally there and they pulled something out of like the jar with like the list of things to do, let's say it was like just little strips and it's like, Ooh, clean the gutters. I don't want that one. Well, you know, let them go back and dig out Mm -hmm. and find their favorite candy, you know, like change the light bulb or make, make uh, a meal. Oh yeah. I can definitely do that. Right, right. So it doesn't have to be, oh, look, you're the unlucky receiver of this chore. Right. You can go back in, but at least you've written them down. And that stops you from trying to think right away. Because inevitably, what happens, somebody asks, you say, I don't know, they walk away, and then you think of 10 things you could have asked them to do. And it's very hard to go back, which is an idea that, um, you know, I've shared on this podcast before that it's come in handy for families that I've worked with is get somebody to do the asking for you. Um, yes. you know, get your assistant to somebody that you really love, um, to be able to call out on those people and say, Hey, you volunteered for this. I've got a list of things that need to be done. Can we find something that, that, uh, really fits? And then it's a negotiation and it's not, personal and that person can be more uh, distant from it and direct with it. And you don't have to be like, oh, I'm asking for me. Sometimes it's it's the daughters that are in charge can ask on behalf of their parent, right? And right. so they're the assistant. But then other times the daughter is the one needing the support and or the daughter or the caregiver, you know, whoever is in that role. And they they're like, they feel the pressure of asking and if they could just find the like a little army of people that are like hey i'm a great advocate i can ask all day long for you then let me have that role you know let me be the one to call people up let me be the one that has the um what is it the uh, the food train what is it oh right um, what do they call those Anyway, the calendar of like when yeah. <laughs> to bring meals after surgery or a baby or whatever. There are always people that right. uh, one of their gifts and strengths is to set that sort of thing up. Well, and to that point, I have I have two quick stories. One, I had a family years ago that it was something as simple as the church members were not aware, or so she thought, of the husband's dementia. And she was so embarrassed by that that she didn't want to tell them. Well, her son was also in the congregation. And so I asked him if he would be the one to go to the elders or the different friendships, the classes, and just talk about that, take that burden away from her as she was caring for her husband. So it's not even asking necessarily to come do something for me, but just doing something right. Um, The other story is we had a, a family last week, and I think this is beautiful. The woman had a fence going up and it was only painted halfway and she couldn't afford to have the rest done. So the church got together and the youth group is Mm -hmm. going out Mm -hmm. to do that. So it sometimes you have to think outside the box, but this lady is so social. She is just tickled pink that all these young children, young children to her, but teenagers, teenagers are coming out and painting her fence. I can guarantee you she's in there making cookies or doing whatever. Because this is a great social aspect for her as well. 
She didn't have to ask. The church set it up. The, mm-hmm. the, one of the members lives in the same neighborhood. The HOA was sending her letters and fining her because oh, it didn't. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, really? they stepped in and, yeah, crazy. You know, I will say, because some people might not be associated with a church, but churches are out there as, and so are civic organizations all over the place. And these, these groups of people that come together, they want to give and support. So reach out to them, even if you don't attend that church. If you're somebody who's in the neighborhood and there's a church down the street, it's okay to reach out to them and say, hey, I'm in need. Uh, you know, I, I, there's nothing wrong with that, that just because you don't attend a church that you shouldn't reach out and receive because that's that's what that's what we humans do when we get together in groups and serve others. Well, and not only churches, but high schools now, because most mm. of your seniors have to have service hours or it looks better on their college resumes. So the seniors are looking for something to do to serve. Volunteer opportunities. Right. Yeah. So lots of places you can go. I know here in Nashville, it's hands on Nashville. You mm-hmm. can contact and get help. So those are, it doesn't always have to be immediate family. And now you've got another link in your team. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So one of the things that we discovered at the beginning is having like a, right, like Robin, a care consultant, a care manager, a therapist or a professional or somebody that can sit you down with the dynamic of the whole team and maybe point out ways that they can strategically work together that they haven't seen before. That's always an excellent resource. Go with your, uh, well, jar. the jar. Yes. The jar of a list of things to do that you, when somebody asks, it's ready right there at the ready, get your assistant to help you out and reach out to volunteer organizations or your local church and just let people know that you are ready to receive. Now, givers often don't like to take. That's, I think, many times what they see. Oh, I'm taking. I'm taking from somebody else that needs this more. I'm taking, taking, taking. I'm not a taker. But don't see this as taking. I often encourage givers to receive is different from taking because givers love to give. And if you're only giving in the world to those who take, then you're not going to be reciprocating in a healthy way with other givers, right? So I say that givers need to be open to receiving because that is a gift that you give. When somebody is like, please let me help you. And you say, yes, I will let you help me. And thank you. That is a beautiful gift of service to you and receiving, which is a reciprocal way to say, I love you right back to those people. Absolutely. It is a blessing. It is a blessing for those you ask. I mean, think about just real quickly how you feel when somebody asks you to do something, you complete the task and you feel good about yourself. You feel good that you helped. So you are giving that feeling to people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when you're asking. So bless them. Let them bless you. And we'll all be getting the job done and our team will just get bigger and bigger. (laughs) Right. Awesome. (laughs) All right. Thanks for joining us today and we'll catch you next time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and ask that you subscribe to this podcast. If you find this podcast helpful, please leave a review so we can reach more women like you. 
You are not alone on your journey, and the Fire Tribe is here to support you. Check us out at DaughtersOnFire.com and our Facebook group for more support and resources. Until next time, remember, you are the fire that fuels the engine of life.